Jim Carrey. How many of you have seen Bruce Almighty? When it first came out, I refused to go see it because I thought it was blasphemous. You know, just the things that I saw on TV. And after, uh, I think it was Wes, went to see it. And he goes, no, man, you really got to see it. So I went to, saw it, to see it. I fell in love with the movie because it's got a great message. Um, Jim Carrey has what he thinks is the worst day of his life. He gets fired from his job after some on-air problems. Um, he's jealous because an, an unscrupulous co-worker gets the promotion that he thinks he's supposed to have. So he gets thrown out, fired from his dream job. He sees the, the homeless man being picked on by a gang of guys, and he smarts off to the gang. They beat him up. They scratch on his car. It's just a horrible, horrible day. And let's watch how he reacts to that day. Thank God you're all right. God, yeah, let's thank God, shall we? For his blessings are raining down upon me. Wait, that's not rain! Bruce, please don't do that, honey. You know that everything happens for a reason. That I don't mean. That is cliche. That is not helpful to me. The burden hands were too in the bush. I have no burden. I have no bush. God has taken my burden, my bush. Oh, I see. So, so God is picking on you? Is that what you're saying? No, he's ignoring me completely. He's far too busy giving Evan everything he wants. Oh, that's great, Sam. But you missed your target. I'm over here. Matt, the dog. Not the dog's fault. No, it's God's fault. Give him the wrong coordinates. I am not being a martyr. I'm a victim. God is a mean kid sitting on an anthill with a magnifying glass. And I'm the end. He could fix my life in five minutes if he wanted to, but he'd rather burn off my dealers and watch me squirm. You're not a Matt. It's completely understandable what Evan did slimy and wrong. But this day could have been so much worse. I'm just glad you're okay. Okay? Newsflash! I'm not okay. I'm not okay with a mediocre job. I'm not okay with a mediocre apartment. I'm not okay with a mediocre life! So is that what you think that we have? A mediocre life? Don't make this about you. <laughs> about me? How can I make this about me? It's about you. It's always about you. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, the worst day of my life? The side of guilt, please!
Now, who does Bruce blame for his bad day? Yeah, he blames God. And isn't that kind of uh, typical of humans? He blames, he says that God is ignoring him completely, but is he? No, it's the other way around. Bruce is ignoring God. And that's just like we human beings are sometimes. And here's the thing that I want to talk about today. Sometimes we think God needs some help doing his job, right? If we're honest, now nobody would stand up in church, but if we were honest, we'd say, I could do a better job than God. We wouldn't say that out loud, but we think it. Because we think, God, you messed this up. God, you messed that up. God, why don't you do this? Um, And it's the same temptation that started in the Garden of Eden. Remember when Satan came to Eve and tempted her with eating the fruit? What he said was, you can be like who? God. The very first temptation. You can be like God. You can know the things that God knows. You can be in control of your life. And that's really what it is. The biggest temptation we face every day is trying to be God. Trying to be in control of our lives. And how do we do that? Well, in one of two ways. We try to control others. That's the first thing on your listening guide. We try to play God by trying to control others and by playing judge of the universe. Now, have you ever tried to uh, change someone who didn't want to change? Ever tried to implement your own personal improvement plan for your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend? That worked well, didn't it? Yeah. Um, The problem is you and I can't even control ourselves most of the time. How in the world are we going to control others? We have problems. We've made messes in our lives, but we still want to be in control and control others. And when things go wrong, many times we want to hide behind this mask and pretend that things aren't wrong. So when someone comes to us and they say, hey, how's it going? We say, oh, man, I've got it all under control. control. Is that true? Rarely is that true that we have it all under control. Usually we don't. Look at John 10.10. Jesus said, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Now, I'm not going to ask it for a show of hands since we're in church, but I wonder how many people in here can say, I am experiencing a more deeper, more satisfying, more fulfilling, purpose-filled life than I ever dreamed of. I find very few people like that. There are some. I mean, when I look at my life, I think there's no way I deserve the things you've given me, God. But then there's other times I think if I just had a little more... <laughs> You know, it's that, that Satan temptation. If I just had a little more money, if I just, my house was bigger, if I ran better, you know. Janie says, I have too many boats now, but you know what I'm saying. Um, the most, the reason most of us don't ever experience this type of life, I believe, is because we try to play God. And God doesn't offer that life to those who try to take his job. Um, That type of life is reserved only for those who, in humility, bow before God and say, I can't do it. I want you to do your job, God, and you just show me what I'm supposed to do. Now, in the movie, Bruce gets to have God's powers for a while. And he spends the first few days probably doing the same thing you and I would do if we had the powers. Abusing them. He says, making right a few wrongs that happened in his life. If we had God's powers for any amount of time, I think one of the biggest dangers is we would want to get even. And that's what Bruce does in this scene. Welcome to the Bruce Lee Show. 
Welcome to Eyewitness News at 6 with Susan Ortega, Kevin Baxter, Fred Donahue, Sports, Dallas Coleman, Weather, and now Buffalo's number one news team. Good evening and welcome to Eyewitness News at 6. I'm Susan Ortega. And I'm Evan Baxter, Ortega. and here's what's making news. A potential scandal with the Buffalo PD surface today when the mayor's <coughs> Somebody get some water, please. Yeah, looks like my new co-hiker may need a glass of water. There we go. Sorry about that. In other news, the Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. What did you say? Check the prompter. Prompter's fine. Evan, read the copy, please. The copy's good. Just read it. The White House Reception Committee greeted the Prime Riverhost Minister, and I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. <laughs> I like a do the cha-cha. Sorry, we seem to be having some technical difficulties. In other news. <coughs> My apologies. would try to do things if um, if we had God's powers, right? You can think of some people that you would like to get even with. And see, that's the problem. When we, when we decide we can be judge of the universe, what we do is we really are saying, God, you may not have noticed, but, and you fill in the blank, but blank, and there's a name that popped into your mind, you see their face, is a real jerk. And God, you know, you should really do something about that. And God says, oh, really? Did you know that I created that person? Did you know I love that person as much as I love you? And while we're on the subject, you're pretty screwed up yourself. So before you start improving others, let's work on your life. God says, let's look in the mirror. Let's try to figure out some things that are going on with you. Why don't we focus on those first? You didn't know God said that, did you? Let me show you where he does. When Jesus walked on the earth, he talked about this idea of judging others when you're not God. He says in Matthew 7, 5, you hypocrite. First, remove the beam from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the piece of sawdust from another believer's eye. The people in Jesus' day understood very clearly what, what Jesus was saying. He's saying, look in the mirror. You've got problems. You've got issues. Clean up that messy stuff in your life. And, and see, here's the deal. When I see how messed up I am then it's real hard for me to judge you because I see my faults. And where I see that most clearly is when I come to the foot of the cross, when I see what Jesus did because of my sin 
then I don't think I'm such a hot shot after all. I realize that I've really blown it. So we've got to worry about our own standing before God because we will not do a good job of being God. Now, here's the thing, though. God says, if you insist on being God, if you insist on doing it your way, I'll let you do it, but you will suffer the consequences. Now, <laughs> if we were God, let's just think about that for a minute. If we were God, what would the job description look like? I mean, loving everybody? Boy, that's a tough one. We can't even love everybody in this room, much less everybody in the world. Um, we have to forgive everybody. We have to listen to everybody's prayers. Can you imagine if all the prayers of every person in Palestine were coming in your head right now? Well, there's a scene where Bruce discovers that those voices in his head are actually prayers. And let's look how he handles the job of being God and answering prayer. Wow, it's kind of loud in here, isn't it? No, it's not loud. Did you get down to a dull roar? Thank you. That's what I said. That's not funny. What are you saying? What's wrong with you? Stop yelling. Grab me the little numbers and this will get you. Excuse me. I think I'll take a little trip to the... The wine is going right through me. Okay. 
the danger of saying yes to everybody's prayer request. What's so wrong with that? We get this idea that um, just like Bruce, he said, God could have fixed all my problems in five minutes if he'd wanted to. Could God have done that? Sure he could. Would that have been for Bruce's best? No. Who is the center of Bruce's universe? Bruce. And it takes him a long time to figure out what's going on. God's world is much bigger. And when I lose sight of the big picture, I get angry with God and I start to rail against the God of the universe and tell him how he can do his job better. It's kind of ridiculous when you really think about it. Now, there's a huge danger if everybody gets what they want. Um, I mean, you see it at the end of the movie when when everybody wins the lottery and they get how much money? Seventeen bucks It's about 17 bucks, you know, and they got mad about that. When the savers win everything, there's just a lot of stuff that that can go wrong. It's total chaos. Now, we're going to show you here in a second a deleted scene. And so when you see it, there's going to be some stuff that they didn't ever finish. There's a green screen that's back. And what we're showing you is some of the results of people getting what they prayed for instead of what um, God wanted for them. Before we do that, I want to read this verse to you. Romans 8:28 says, And we know that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into his plans. I want you to do a couple of things. First, I want you to circle all that happens. Circle that phrase, all that happens. Is all that happens, does that mean good stuff that happens in your life? Does that mean bad stuff that happens in your life? All means everything. Now, does it say in that verse that everything that happens in your life is going to be good? Does it say that everything that happens in your life is going to be bad? No, it says regardless of what happens, God is going to use all of that to fit into his plans. Now, I want you to circle the words his plans. God has a plan. 
Do you know what it is? Actually, the answer to the good that God's going to do in your life isn't until verse 29. Verse 29 says, For those He foreknew, He predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. All that means is, the plan God has for your life is to use good, bad, everything in your life to make you look more like Jesus. If we got what we asked for instead of what we needed, these are some of the results that could happen. Watch this deleted scene. No matter how filthy something gets, you can always clean it right up. There were so many. I just gave them all what they wanted. Yeah. Since when does anyone have a clue about what they want? You remember Philbert? Yeah, Philbert. What's that into Brilliant young man. He was going to be a great poet. The soul of his work had been built around his childhood pain. Now he's headed for a career as a professional wrestler. He will eventually test positive for steroids and end up managing a market shop. Lots of disappointment. He got what he prayed for. Esther Maha. I love Esther. Esther was bankrupt. She was going to have to eat her pride and call her sister. That would have gotten the two of them together again. Instead, she bought a condo in South Florida. There are going to be a lot of these. Just one more. Hey, that's Lance Armstrong. He won the Tour de France. He's won it four or five times in a row. Overcame a lot to do it, too. I didn't. No. Oh, that was me and him. You see, Bruce... Triumph is born out of struggle. Faith is the alchemist. If you want to paint pictures like this, you have to use some dark colors. So I do. A couple of good lines in there. He talks about the boy that was going to be a poet. And his poetry was going to be born out of the suffering that he went through as a child. But instead, he became a professional wrestler and tested positive for steroids. And what Bruce says is true. What a disappointment. God had this other plan for his life. Esther, now that's another deleted scene. She's walking down the, the aisle of the grocery store and she's, um, she's very poor and she's wanting, um, she's wanting some money. And so a milk carton, there's a hole, comes in a milk carton. She slips and she's about to get up and a guy's right there and he says, I'm a lawyer, stay down. So he gets her all of this money and what does she do with it? She buys a condo in Florida. And God had these plans that she was going to have to swallow her pride and call her sister and it was going to make up, uh, they were going to make up that relationship. The thing is, we get this idea that we know better than God. But I like Morgan Freeman's line. He said, um, triumph is born out of struggle. Faith is the alchemist. When we struggle, we learn lots more than when we're prosperous. Right? When things are going well, we tend to think that we're doing pretty good. When things are going poorly, we don't have such a high opinion of ourselves. And it becomes real easy um, to give God the credit for that. Now, most of the molding and shaping that God does in our lives to make us look like Christ comes through pain. And that's really ironic because you and I spend most of our time, most of our lives running from pain. Trying to avoid pain. Drug and alcohol abuse, you know what the root of that is? Pain avoidance. 
stuff happens in your life and you try to get away from that stuff. And, and so you, you need something like pain, uh, like drugs or alcohol to help you deal with the pain in your life. That's what Satan tells you. That's just pain avoidance. Um, workaholism. It's really pain avoidance. Maybe trying to get somebody at, at work to notice you because maybe a parent didn't notice you and didn't affirm you as you were growing up. Being obsessed with a hobby, I mean obsessed, not just like you have a hobby. I think it's okay to go fishing and all that stuff. But if you're obsessed with the hobby so much that it takes away from your family life, then I think you're probably avoiding pain in your life. When we run from relationship to relationship, you know what we're doing? When a relationship gets tough, we run because we're trying to avoid pain. And God says, pain is what I use to chip away the rough spots. Look at Proverbs 20.30. Sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. The message in the Bible over and over again is that God works on behalf of those who give their lives to further his plan, not their own plans. God owes you nothing if you try to be God. So we're going to watch one last scene and then we'll finish this up. Bruce finally comes to the point. He he discovers that grace is praying. And so he decides to eavesdrop on her prayer and watch what he does. of the movie is God wants him to get to that point where he says, I surrender to your will. And of course, what he does is he falls down on a rainy, wet road, you know, in the middle of the road. That's not the right place to fall down on your knees and surrender to God's will. I hope you won't do that. But if you are fatigued and stressed out today, um, if you're frustrated and worn out, I'm willing to bet that it's because you're trying to play God in your life. You're trying to control some things that God wants to control. So what God wants you to do is surrender his job back to him. Well, how do you do that? There's a phrase in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 16, that says, May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what is God's will? It is his plan for history, which, by the way, includes a plan for your life. What does it mean to have, um, where is God's kingdom? Your kingdom uh, here on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? Where's God's kingdom? Well, it's wherever God is allowed to reign. So we know that God reigns in heaven. We know that part. But the Bible tells us that God also lives in the hearts and the lives of believers, of those who follow him. So it means that God reigns in the hearts of people who follow him. And if you'll allow him to reign there, he'll do some incredible things in your life. Um, So if you'll say, Jesus, I want you to be king of my life today. Help me to make decisions that you'll you'll be pleased with. I surrender to your will. That's what God is wanting you to do today. 
The prayer of surrender is the key to peace in your life. The prayer of surrender is the key to power in your life. And the prayer of surrender is the key to purpose in your life. So real quickly, let's, let's see what, what you need to do to actually live out this prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Number one, trust God's purposes during disappointments. Trust God's purposes during disappointments. God was trying to get Bruce's attention, and he finally did. He was insensitive, totally self-absorbed, the center of his own universe, refused to accept responsibility for his actions, and God had to fill his life with disappointments to get his attention. Now, I want to show you something. I want you to take that word, disappointment, I want you to mark out the D, and I want you to put the letter H, a capital H. Because here's what Bruce discovered and what you and I need to discover in our lives. Disappointments are really his appointments, God's appointments in our lives to get our attention, to get us to to depend on him instead of on ourselves. You have a choice whenever bad things happen. You can get bitter or you can get better. Most people choose to get bitter. Those who allow God to work in their lives get better and they become incredible forces for God in the course of history. Now, if God answered every prayer the way we wanted, it'd be total chaos. So he answers what is best for everyone. And he says, trust me during disappointments. Number two, rest in God's plan during delays. Rest in God's plan during delays. Now, here's the biggest test of whether your heart is surrendered before God. Here it is. How do you handle the waiting rooms of life? You see people that get impatient in the waiting rooms? I've been one of the people that gets impatient in the waiting rooms. That helps. Losing your cool, getting angry, that helps speed the process along and makes it pleasant for everyone around, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Psalm 37, 7 says, rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him to act. Circle that word rest. Oh, you don't even have it. Write that word rest down there. Rest. And I want, then circle it. Because here's the thing. Guys, when you go home today and you take your Sunday afternoon nap, you can say to your wife, honey, I'm just building my faith. I am just practicing what I learned in church today. I am building my faith as I rest in the Lord. That's not what it's talking about. That's not what we're talking about. Resting in God means waiting patiently for Him. Now, do you wait patiently during delays or impatiently? Learn to wait patiently and God will mold and shape your character to reflect Him to a watching world. Third thing you need to do. Believe God for big dreams. Believe God for big dreams. Our problem is... That we ask for too little and we want it too quickly. (laughs) The Bible says that God will do more than we can ever ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Why? So that he gets the glory. How often are you praying for things that God gets the glory for instead of just things that would make your life more comfortable? We tend to want comfort. If God ever has to choose between your character and your comfort, He is always going to choose your character. You don't get to take your comfort with you to heaven. You get to take your character with you to heaven. So God is molding and shaping you, mainly through the painful experiences in life, so that your character can be more like Christ whenever you meet Him. Now, here's what we're going to do. I want you to grab hold of your imaginary steering wheel. Alright? Two hands. We're in, we're in driver's ed. This is two hands, 10 and 2, 10 and 2 o'clock. Now, there are times that Rachel will say, Daddy, can I drive your truck? We'll be coming home from somewhere. Rachel will hop up in my lap. Obviously, she doesn't operate the gas or the brakes, but I let, her, I, I let go of the steering wheel and I let my daughter drive. If we get into a mess, you know what I do? 
wow, I, just, I, I pull it away from her. Actually, Alana was sitting in my lap the other day, just coming into my driveway. We were just pulling up a little bit. And little Alana, I said, help me drive. And she did, man. She starts going all over the place. And I'm like, whoa, baby. So I grab onto it and, you know, she thinks she's driving. And I guide that into the driveway. Now, here's the deal. You and I want to be in control. You ever been a front seat or a back seat driver? Keep your hands up there. Come on, we're still steering. Hold them up there till I tell you. There is a point to this. Now, what happens when you try to tell somebody else how to drive? Did you know there was actually a wreck out on Highway 19 out by the college because the two people were arguing? This was, this was like a month ago. Two people were arguing over what they should be doing, the speed they should be going. So the person over here thought this one was going too fast. They reach over, grab the steering wheel to protest how fast they're going, turn the steering wheel, and I think they had a wreck. I don't remember if they flipped it or ran into a tree or what. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> I'm going, dude, I'm backhanding somebody that grabs my steering wheel. Now, here's the deal. Here's what I want you to think about right now. What is it in your life that you are trying to take control of? That you're saying, God, I want to do this. To be quite honest, I prayed this this morning. I said, God, I've been trying to control the building that we're going to be in. I said, God, I just released that to you. I said, God, I've been trying to control um, relationships. I just let go of that. God, I've been... And I just started listening to God. God, I've I've been trying to control this. Forgive me, God. And I release that to your will. So I just want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think of whatever one or two things that you are trying to control in your life. And in your mind, if you'll pray this prayer, I want you to say, God, I surrender to your will. And just as a symbol before God, I want you to let go of that imaginary steering wheel and put your hands down. Lord Jesus, may your kingdom come. And your will be done on earth, in our lives, in this church, as it is in heaven. Lord God, fill these folks who just let go of the areas of their lives that they've been trying to control. Give them peace, strength, and power to face the days ahead. We surrender our dreams to you, Lord God. Make us into the people, into the church that you want us to be. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You take just a second, fill out your uh, registration cards. And on the back of those, I take these every week and I I look at them. If there's a prayer concern, if there's an area that, that, um, that you would like me to pray for.